Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles, arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise by your power. We will go by your spirit. We are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Well, good morning again. I'm Carmen LaBerge. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network. For those of you who might just be joining us, uh, Mornings with Carmen is our effort to bring the mind of Christ to bear on the issues of the day. And so we walk around in the headline news and we um, examine it from a Christian worldview. My hope is that it will give you um, some not just talking points, but walking points today as you walk your faith out into the world that God so loves and equip you to do so in ways that honor Jesus. So a few um, headlines out of uh, out of Washington D.C. this morning, uh, the uh, you know the there's now a majority of Republicans in um, in the House of Representatives, and so there's going there are there are going to be I mean I just I'm kind of counting on it um, many many things that happen that seek to undo um, or put a pause on or strip funding from things that the democratically control, controlled Congress did last year or in the year prior. So. Um, uh, there has uh, the GOP has taken a vote to re- re- revoke all of that additional funding for the IRS, but the White House has already threatened to veto that bill. So that's going to be an ongoing conversation. But there is some um, draft resolutions and some um, legislation being introduced that's very, very pro-life, and I want to make you aware of it so that you can prayerfully um, support your members of Congress as they seek to um, bring some pro-life conversation to the fore um, in our nation's capital. So there are a group of over 100 Republicans who have co-sponsored a House resolution to condemn the violence, vandalism, and intimidation um, by those groups that have been um, attacking pro-life pregnancy clinics and pro-life churches across the country. And so um, it's expected that uh, that resolution will come to a vote on the floor. Um, Is today Tuesday or Wednesday? What's today? Today is Wednesday. Yes, all day, <laughs> I've as lost my track. mom would say. Today. Today. It should come to the House floor today, that resolution. So we'll see what happens there. The Associated Press is reporting that House Republicans moved on Tuesday to establish um, investigations. Um, and there will be a number of those that you will see um, come to the fore. Um, and Republicans are also introducing legislation to protect babies um, in in what we're calling botched or failed abortions. So uh, it is a similar um, measure to um, to the one that Nancy Pelosi blocked 80 times, 80 different times when she was the Speaker of the House. And so we will see if the Born Alive Act um, gets traction under uh, under new leadership in the House of Representatives. 
Lots going on in our nation's capital, lots going on around the world, lots going on right where you live and in your own home and in your own heart. And so let's be praying for one another and God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven um, during these days. Heather Zeiger is going to join us next. She is a science writer out of Dallas, Texas. She's also a research analyst with the Center for Bioethics and Human Dignity. And she's joining us next on All Things Science. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Heather Zeiger is back. You can find her at heatherzeiger.com. You can also find her at the Center for Bioethics and Human Dignity. Heather, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. Hi, Carmen. Good to be back. So um, technologies and, you know, maybe what's ahead of us in 2023. Any any sort of breakthrough technologies you expect us to be um, considering in the year ahead? Yeah, so... Um MIT Technology Review had 10 breakthrough technologies that they thought were things that will have a big impact on our lives. And I looked through that list and several of them we've talked about on the show, like the James Webb telescope and just the fabulous pictures that are coming out of that. Um, One of them that I think is interesting is uh, AI art, art. So art created by artificial intelligence. And maybe you've tried some of these things where you put in the text and it will create an image for you. And so that's something that's new. It's something that brings up uh, questions about what is art? Do you have creativity when you have artificial intelligence? Um, that's something that I think is going to be very interesting. It brings up some ethics questions on who owns the art. Uh, is the true artist the programmer? Um, some other things that were on that list that I thought were interesting that I, we should probably keep an eye on. Things like military drones. So, um Drone warfare is one of those things that is uh, ethicists like to talk about. You know, does that take does that take the human part of combat out? Does that make it easier to be cruel to your enemies? Um, but also, these drones uh, end up costing fewer lives because you can, you know, target certain. Uh, you can fixate on certain targets. These drones are getting cheaper. This allows other countries, some of these smaller countries or countries with less uh, smaller GDPs to be able to own these drones. Other things like electric vehicles, um, we've talked about on this show, organs on demand, where they're trying to grow genetically modified organs in pigs to hopefully provide organs for people that are on this waiting list. So those were some of the ones I saw on that list that I thought were very interesting, uh, relevant to the news uh, and bioethics news. Uh, abortion pills that are provided via telemedicine. So telemedicine uh, has had some scrutiny lately because of provision of things like Adderall and anti-anxiety drugs um, in kind of mass prescriptions over tele- using telemedicine, particularly over the pandemic. So now there's this question of what kinds of regulations need to be on, need to be used with telemedicine. Abortion pills are one, um, particularly uh, people are pointing out this in particular after uh, Roe v. Wade was overturned. Anything that um, would be on your list that did not make um, MIT's list? Yeah, I think um, 
and so I'm a bioethicist. So sometimes I think about things that are concerning. Um, I am concerned about these deep fake videos. Mm -hmm. So these videos are, it's uh, technology is becoming so sophisticated that you can actually make an, a video of someone saying or doing something that they didn't actually say or do. And I think that there's, I'm very concerned about that. I'm very uh, concerned about, I mean, just the abuses that could occur. Um, just, you know, they talk, we talk about misinformation or disinformation and this just makes cynicism. To me, this like brings me even more, become, makes me even more cynical about what I see online or in the news. So I'm pretty concerned about, about that technology. I think that that's one that will really need to be regulated in the future. So I have um, two additional things on one of them is kind of related to the AI art and that is chat GPT and other, mm -hmm. um, you know, forms of, uh, of interactive AI that can actually like create and produce things. So maybe it's creative AI, not just art um, related AI. Um, and then um, surveillance technology, not only the development of, more and more surveillance technology, but the deployment of it in ways that um, people are unaware that it's taking place. I mean, I think that as more and more people become fascinated by like smart refrigerators or smart whatever, and they bring it into their home, do they really recognize what they're bringing into their home in terms of surveillance? Yes, I think the surveillance technology is a big one. I, um, for other venues, I write on the ethics of surveillance technology in reference to um, how China uses it, is particularly in their uh, far western regions. And yeah, that's that's one where um, I think with smart technology, smart homes. Um, I posted an article the other day about a Roomba that took pictures uh, and that were inappropriate pictures, but it's just collecting data. Um, the, these types of things I, I think are, are ones that we need to be concerned about. Like how much do we want our technology to be integrated into our lives? Okay. Wait a second. The Roomba took toilet, took uh, pictures of a woman uh, in uh, yeah. While she was doing something personal. And how did those screenshots yeah. end up on Facebook? Like what? I mean, I know this is not so, on our list of things to talk about, but now that you have me looking at it online, yeah. I'm like, wait a second. I thought that was a vacuum cleaner. Yeah. Okay. So what? several, several people. So anytime this kind of new technology comes out, oftentimes people are asked to be beta testers of this technology. So these, this is a Roomba that takes pictures of your, of your home to then learn where things are in your home. So it's a way to, for it to learn. It's kind of, type of algorithm, artificial intelligence thing, helping it learn. The problem is those pictures are sent to programmers who then use it to uh, create the data to teach the Roomba. So in the, beta, in the beta system, apparently some of those programmers were contractors in other countries. Um, they mentioned Venezuelan contractors. I don't, I don't know uh, exactly where all the contractors were. And so apparently some of the pictures, there were a couple of pictures of people Doing personal things. Yes. And yes. those ended up on Facebook. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what happened between A and B. I don't know what happened between the job of um, using using the images to create data and then how it ends up on social media. But that's apparently what happened. Oh, my goodness. So, OK, one more thing. I guess the lesson I guess the lesson there is if anyone ever asks you to um, 
invite a robot to come into your home and take pictures that maybe you should say no. So many things to talk about. Okay, let next uh, next thing to talk about, close the door. That's all. That's all. That's all I have to say about that one particular thing. Close the door. Um, you never really know who's looking. Okay, um, on that... On that note, we're going to take a very brief break. We're going to come back in just a moment with Heather Zeiger. Um, she is a science writer. She is a research analyst with the Center for Bioethics and Human Dignity. We got more to talk with her about just next. Um, like, including this, would you zap yourself with electricity in order to get in shape? Mm-hmm. That seems like a good first of the year conversation. What are you doing to get in shape? Would you include electrical currents in that exercise? That's up next. You're on Mornings with Carmen. Maybe you're thinking in this new year you'd like to change the world. Well, you can start by changing the world for one child. We're partnering with One Child Again, and you can sponsor a child now at MyFaithRadio.com. What happens when you sponsor a child through One Child? Well, you're going to be linked to a boy or a girl who lives in a country other than your own. Uh, And you're going to help supply for their tangible needs. Yes, they're going to receive the gospel of Jesus, but they're also going to receive educational assistance, supplemental food, clothing, health care services, and opportunities for love, friendship, and encouragement. The cost is just $39 a month, and you can sponsor a child right now at MyFaithRadio.com. So if you want to change the world this year, why don't you start by changing the world for one child? Sponsor a child today at MyFaithRadio.com. I'm smelling coffee, birds are singing just outside. Here comes your mercy streaming in with the morning light. Continuing our conversation with Heather Zeiger, who um, is helping us well, understand some of the uh, some of the things about science and Oh, well, from all kinds of angles. And so she is so gracious to come and talk with us um, because, you know, most science-minded people find my um, questions too pedantic. So um, talk with us about this effort to use electricity to supplement our workouts and zap ourselves into shape. Yeah, so this is kind of a new use for a... um, actually an old technology, Uh, if you've ever had a sports injury. So when I had a sports injury, I'd go to the physical therapist and they would use STEM. So this is um, electrical muscle stimulation. It's where they'll put little uh, electrical pads onto the muscle that's that's sore or the place of soreness. And they send these little pulses of electricity and it's supposed to help the muscle contract and relax. And that helps the muscles it helps with inflammation and it's supposed to help with muscle pain and muscle spasms, hmm. right? So most people that have had some sort of physical therapy for like a sports injury or whatever, they probably had STEM. Well, now that's the FDA approved use for STEM. So this medical therapy, it's also FDA approved for people who maybe are immobile or have an injury. So you can use STEM to help the muscles not atrophy, right? So that's approved something that's not exactly FDA approved, but is a kind of a new trend is to use STEM on your whole body as part of your workout. It adds resistance to your weight training. So it's not supposed to take the place of your workout. It's actually supposed to make it harder to lift weights so that you have better results in a shorter amount of time. The idea is that you wear like some sort of a, a like either bodysuit or you have these, uh, 
conductive pads like they use in physical therapy, but you have them throughout your body and you're using them whenever you say are doing bicep curls or you're doing squats or something. And it's supposed to make the muscles contract like they naturally would, but even more so adding resistance to your weight training workout. Okay. So some of the, yeah. All right. So it doesn't sound necessarily like a bad thing, but it does sound like an expensive thing. Yeah. So a couple of things about that. First of all, as far as the evidence for how much, how much it really works, that's still kind of up in the air. Um, It is expensive and it is dangerous because you are, you know, sending electrical impulses, little electrical pulses into your body. So for example, if you're pregnant or if you have a pacemaker, this is not for you. If you have piercings and you can't take them out, this is not for you. So, you know, these are things you have to be careful about. Some people have reported getting burns or actually damaging their muscles because the muscles contract too much and they're actually putting too much resistance on their muscles. So it's probably better to do something like this with someone who knows what they're doing with a trainer or something. Okay. uh, Someone has texted in. This is not on our list, but can Heather can Heather share with us why it's raining so much in California? Oh, yeah. I have not looked up the exact weather pattern, but atmospheric, yeah, atmospheric rivers is apparently the new the new lingo. And we don't know what that is. Yeah. So my understanding of it and I need to look this up because uh, I'm totally fascinated by weather. It has to do with a kind of a stalled weather pattern. Okay, so um, I live in Texas and we will get these sometimes where you have this conflict with, you know, the weather patterns coming in from up in, you know, Washington, Seattle, from the Pacific. But then you have other weather, the other weather patterns coming in from the warm Gulf and you kind of get this circular stalled out weather pattern. And that'll happen sometimes, you know, here where I live. Well, apparently they have a stalled out weather pattern up there in California and is causing these this huge amount of rain, which is really concerning if it's a place that's not used to getting a lot of rain, because then you don't have some of that infrastructure and the soil isn't necessarily prepared to absorb all of that. So, uh, very, so really concerning. That's, I'd have to look up exactly what's going on with the weather there, though. That's all right. We can put that on our list for a future conversation, um, because yeah. I'm sure there will be more and more out there. Um, all right. You and your husband had a conversation um, He uh, uh, about Avatar 2. And, you know, because this is at, like the intersection of so, so many interesting things, um, talk with us about holding our breath for a long period of time and the physics of lung capacity. Why are we talking about that in relationship to Avatar 2? Yeah, so Avatar 2, The Way of Water, something that the actors did was they trained with free diving coaches. So free diving is where you dive into the water and uh, go to great depths in the water without any scuba gear, without oxygen. So you train to hold your breath for a long period of time. So even though Avatar is animated, um, the actors actually swam in water tanks with uh, with those suits, with the sensors on them so that they could uh, look at how their body is moving and then translate that to animation. OK, so Kate Winslet actually broke the record for an actor on a set by holding her breath underwater and swimming around in the water, not just staying there uh, for seven minutes and 15 seconds. The prior record was by Tom Cruise and he had. I think it was like six minutes for him. And it was uh, for the 2015 movie, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. So the idea is that your body actually sends a signal 
when you are deprived of oxygen, your body sends the signal like, hey, hey, get some oxygen. Well, what free diving coaches do is they train your body to move past that signal. In other words, to, to cope with the, it's kind of painful. It's really, it's very uncomfortable to move past that, but you have to do it slowly. You have to work up to it so that that signal doesn't start saying, hey, hey, look out, look out, I need some oxygen. Instead, your body starts making physiological adjustments to um, conserve oxygen. So, and, and it's really cool how it does that, you know, oxygen is in your blood. And so what it does is your heart rate starts going down. So even though you're swimming in the water, your heart rate goes way down. Um, I think they said Kate Winslet's heart rate got down to something like 15 beats per second or something. So your heart rate decreases, blood flows to your vital organs, and your lungs respond. If you're a free diver and you're going into higher pressures, your lungs will actually respond by making sure that they, the lung capacity can handle the pressure of the water. And that has to do with blood flow and keeping the lungs from uh, compacting during the end of the pressure. Um, also, apparently your spleen, which is a storehouse of red blood cells, it releases some of those red blood cells in your body so that they those red blood cells can carry oxygen to other parts of your body. All right. There are like polar plunge advocates on our text line right now talking <laughs> about Wim Hof. It's a method. And there you go. People know about this. Wow. It's cold therapy. They're apparently doing it today in the ice where we are. I don't know. There's a lot of folks listening who have all kinds. Oh, yeah. Tarpon Springs. Yes. Good morning, Tarpon Springs. We see you as well. Free diving for sponges. Mm-hmm. We got it. All right. Um, Heather, as always, how great to talk with you across a range of so many subject matter areas. Science does matter. And so, kiddos, if you're listening right now on your way to school, um, um, yeah, pay attention in science class. My Mr. Mr. Cassie, if you're listening right now from seventh grade, um, yeah, I'm sorry I didn't pay better attention. I'm listening to Heather Zeiger now. <sighs> Heather, have a great day. God bless. You too, Carmen. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. When we come back, we're going to talk with Brant Hansen about the importance of being unoffendable. Have you been offended today? Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that next. Hey, I'm Carmen LeBurge listening to Mornings with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network. Um, what offends you? What, uh, what, what's already offended? I've probably offended you already. You generally let me know the things that offend you on the text line. Um, are you offended when you're falsely accused? Are you offended um, when people tell you that you should not be offended? Mm-hmm. Are you offended um, when people use their kids as political props? Are you offended when um, people say things that you know are um, contrary to the truth or contrary to the gospel? Like there are some things that people get offended by that you might be able to make a an argument, you know, or well, they're contrary to who God is and the way God operates. And so I have a right to be offended about that. Really? I mean, God might have a right to be offended, but do we? And what might our life look like if we gave up the right to be offended? We're going to talk with Brant Hansen next about unoffendable, how just one change can make all of life better. That's up next on Mornings with Carmen.
Grant Hansen is here. Uh, he is a radio host. He's also an author. He's here to talk today about unoffendable, just how one change can make all of life better, plus a new study guide related to it. Brant, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. Thank you. So good to talk to you again. So um, you probably offend people on a regular basis. I mean, you're a radio host, so. <laughs> I still try not to, but it happens. You know what's, what's especially ironic is talking about this topic. Right. Set people off. Oh, yeah. And, no, uh, absolutely. And, uh, right. Even about forgiveness, which I, it's it's weird when I talk to Christian audiences. Obviously, I'm a Jesus follower and I'm coming at this from a biblical background. But like we all should know that we can still learn things. Right. Like that we don't already have all the answers. But when you hear a challenging idea, a lot of times you're like, no, 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 that can't be. But the truth is and what the challenging idea here that I'm talking about in this book and talking to people about it is there is no righteous anger for humans in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And we, but we grew we all, I grew up with thinking it had to be in there somewhere, but actually with the, the biblical wisdom is very consistent that anger resides in the lap of fools. And we're actually supposed to get rid of it before the sun goes down. So it happens to us. It's, it's actually a fight or flight response to threat. And that's, a, that's a legit thing, but we're not supposed to hang on to it. It'll actually kill us. The way we're supposed to deal with stuff, injustice and wrongs, and we're actually supposed to do something about it, not just be angry about it. And uh, we're actually supposed to forgive people. So that this is a radical thing, but it's actually what following Jesus looks like. But at first, a lot of people are like, this just can't be true. So when you talk about um, this challenging idea, right, that there is no righteous mm-hmm. anger for humans in the Bible. There is, I mean, God is righteously angry about some things. It right. is a genuine yes. emotion of God. Um, and he He can be as offended as he wants to be because he's God. Um, yeah. I, I don't have that same right. So talk with me about my yeah. sense that I have a right to be offended, and then let's talk about how I give that up. Well, we kind of, we like being righteously angry it, it, it makes us it's really a self-righteous impulse in some ways like we can hold on to things and here's the thing you can be angry the rest of your life if you want so people are telling me like you mean i can't be angry no you can you can stay angry about everything for the rest of your life and there's plenty to be angry about you can scroll for 10 seconds on twitter find eight things that legitimately be like that's angering horrible things legitimately horrible things that people are doing or have done, or in your family, things that have happened to you a, a long time ago or recently, the rest of your life, you can live in that anger. I don't recommend it. I, th- I think that the, what Jesus is giving us through forgiveness, this opportunity to forgive people is freedom. And people will say, oh, am I supposed to just stay in a relationship with somebody? I like nothing's wrong. No, you can still have boundaries. You can still cut things off. The irony is if you don't forgive people, if you don't let go of your anger, you will stay in relationship with them the rest of your life in your head. And it will take a physiological toll, an emotional toll, a relational toll forever. The Bible's brilliant about this because it's actually the only thing in our culture that's telling us actually the way out of this anger cycle is forgiveness. Nobody else is talking about this. This is the way of Jesus. And he says, if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know any way around this. And it's actually for our own good. I think that when you talk about forgiveness and unforgiveness, that is language that many people are probably more familiar with than offended and unoffended, um, or the right to be offended and 
Uh, and so can you can you build that bridge for us? What is the sure, role sure. of forgiveness yeah. when we're talking about giving up our right to be offended? Yeah, so they're connected in this. I don't think you can say, I think it becomes obvious when you say, I can't say to you, Carmen, I forgive you, but I'm going to stay angry at you. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Like this is us saying, because of Calvary, I'm responsible for Calvary. Therefore, I have to extend the grace that's been extended to me to other people. So if we don't fully appreciate our own brokenness, we won't extend that grace to other people. So I know they're messed up. I know some people have just handed themselves completely over to evil. I got it. God's anger is righteous. His his judgment is righteous. But I'm not him. So when people, you know, when we talk about forgiveness, like if I don't let go of my anger against somebody, or at least at least start that process, then I'm not acknowledging what God has done for me. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And what I'd like for you to do now, if you're willing, I cannot give to someone else what I have not received. Can you take us to the foot of the cross and invite us, um, if we haven't done so already, to receive the forgiveness that God is offering in order that we would be in a position to offer it to others? Yeah, I think understanding that, like as you're listening to this, everything Jesus tells us is for our own good. So it's not a punishment. It's not a guilt trip. But the fact is, we haven't even lived up to our own standards, our own standards. So if, if we're saying, well, we need to be angry about, well, we, I've got my own stuff I can be angry about, but I don't want to live there. Jesus is saying, if you work with me, I'll give you a lighter load. Like, let me handle the world's brokenness. I'm paying the price for that. That's not on you. I'm taking your brokenness on me out of thankfulness for what I've done for you. Extend this to other people. It's a better way to live. So this is me understanding Calvary happened because of me. And I can't look at that and then and then slough that off when it comes to somebody else's brokenness and then point the finger at them. I just can't do it. But the good news is this is a great way to live. It's so freeing when we finally own up to that and then extend it to other people. Yeah. It brings to mind the the parable of the unforgiving servant, like, right? Like totally. Yeah. God forgave me this, but I turned right around and threw you in the slammer, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good. We're talking with Brant Hansen. You can find him at branthansen.com. You're obviously familiar with the Brant Hansen show. We're talking about unoffendable, how just one change can make all of life better. There's also a new study guide. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, like, right, the development of a tool that people can use as they're going through this as an individual or maybe even as a group? Yeah, so the publisher was really brilliant about this, HarperCollins. They're like, this is dynamite to talk about with people. Because everybody struggles with this, every single human being. So it's great to talk about and then practice this together, like living out Jesus' way of forgiveness together. So they made a study guide, and there's a video series. It's me doing six sessions. You can watch it. It's like 18 minutes long, and then you discuss it as a group. It comes with questions and stuff. So if you want that, you can get it. I tried to make it funny, but that's the eye of the beholder and entertaining, but you might not think it's funny. I don't know. <laughs> but it's that's what it is. It's the unoffendable study guide and video series. So um, a little exercise in like what offends people. Um, I ask um, some friends of mine to just send me a quick list. Here you go. It offends me when people are chronically late. It offends me when strangers mm-hmm. call me honey or sweetheart. <laughs> 
It offends me <laughs> when people use their kids as props or political props. Um, mm-hmm. When people stereotype me as a Southerner or as a Northerner, as a Californianer or as a Floridian, Florida man, it offends me when people call out Florida man, uh, judge me um, or think I'm ignorant or ir- irrational because I'm a Christian, being told right. to calm down or get over it. Um, right. And ads when something is supposed to be commercial free, that offends me. Hashtag activism offends me. I mean, Brant, I, I, I asked people to do this because the reality is people are offended by all kinds of things. And none of those oh, things that are on that list are like the things that God is righteously angry about. Right. And But even if, even if it is something that God's righteously angry about, do I bear that burden for the rest of my life? Because, like, I've traveled the world doing stuff with Cure, this hospital network or whatever, but there's plenty in other countries people don't even know about here. Like, I can get you whipped up about that stuff, too. You can spend the rest of your life this way, but we're not designed to. So it's like we trusting that God, trusting that he's got the justice thing figured out. Mm. Like, we can work to correct injustices and wrongs, but we're better off when we don't do it out of anger. So this is the same. I, I quote Dr. Martin Luther King and Dietrich Bonhoeffer and other believers who addressed injustices very, very directly. But it wasn't out of anger; it's out of compassion and love for people. So you can see the brokenness in the world and forgive it. In fact, the, the situations you just mentioned are, are pretty low stakes forgiveness things. Mm-hmm. So that that might give you a good practice. I, I call traffic forgiveness practice. <laughs> Like instead of being incensed once again that somebody cut you off, like like you've never driven before, you cannot believe that just happened. Like this is a very low stakes thing to say, God, please bless that person. And watch your heart. As you practice this, you'll get better at it. Watch your heart change towards people. And then, remarkably, people will actually be drawn to you because you're you, there's something about you that's not easily scandalized. And you know that there's a right and a wrong. You know there's evil in the world to be addressed. You understand that. But there's something about you that's different. And you're at peace. So this is a way to live. It's the Jesus way to live. I'm absolutely convinced of it. But traffic or these, you know, somebody calling you whatever at, you know, mm-hmm. Miss or Darlin or whatever. Like that, That's a great opportunity to start practicing this forgiveness thing. That is so, um, that's so good. I like the um, very practical um, forgiveness practice in the book, the things that, you know, I'm going to turn to that are low stakes that help me develop this muscle of forgiveness and uh, and being unoffendable. We're going to continue our conversation with Brant Hansen in just a moment. You can check out what he's doing and all the links at BrantHansen.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, Thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. Brant Hansen is with us this morning. 
He has written a book for all of us because Unoffendable is a book that is to those who want grace for themselves but struggle to extend it to others. So that's everybody. So Unoffendable is the book, How Just One Change Can Make All of Life Better. It's got a new study guide um, that's got material for you to use in small group or even with your family, with a set of friends, like, right, you don't have to wait for your church to put something together. You could put together a conversation about this with a group of people who you know and love, um, and you could do it as a ministry to yourself because every single one of us needs this. Uh, Anger is one of, if not the most fundamental problem that we have um, internally, externally, globally, Um, And so dealing with anger, learning to practice forgiveness and being unoffendable is the way forward. As Brant says, I mean, you know, it's it's Jesus's way. And so this is the Jesus way. And we're talking about it today. Um, Brant, when you talk about this being like freeing and healthy, simplifying, relaxing, refreshing, stress relieving, encouraging, um, those are all things I want for myself and for everyone else in the new year. can you maybe give us a practical first step in this direction? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So one quick thing, when you talk about the Jesus way, because I know this trips wires for people, because they'll go, well, Jesus went into the temple and he, you know, turned over tables and stuff. Like I'm acknowledging that God has righteous anger again. He's, he's not a sinner. Like we're the ones who benefited from Calvary and we're instructed just like the, like you were talking about the parable of the unmerciful servant to extend that grace to other people. And my friend Sherry says something funny whenever people bring that up, because they'll, they'll like hinge all of their anger on that simple moment. Like she's like, honey, you're not Jesus in this story. You're the money changer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that is so true. So anyway, here's the practical thing. Start the day thankful for what God has done for you. Start the day thankful and then commit to, I'm going to extend this to everybody today because people are going to do people stuff. I'm not going to be shocked again that my boss said the thing my boss says all the time or that my mom does this like she does all the time. I know human nature. I mean, if I'm a believer in Jesus, I have insight into human nature that honestly other people don't get about our brokenness. Well, I, I shouldn't be shocked about it every day. I shouldn't turn on the news, whatever my network of choices, and get righteously indignant every single day. Just cannot believe what happened. Like, you don't believe it? You should believe it. These are humans. Adam and Eve had two boys to start with. One killed the other one. Like, this goes back a long way. We got a problem. So remind yourself at the beginning of the day, I am not going to be offended by these people. I'm actually going to love them. Because of what God's done for me. That's the resource to do this. If you're thinking it's unrealistic then you haven't fully appreciated what God has done for you. So that's the practical way to actually live this out. It becomes a practice and it becomes a way of living that humbles you and it puts you in a position of service to people where you can actually love them. It's actually discipleship. So I I would say that this is a wonderful way to live because it, it takes all of this weight off of this anger that you're carrying around that actually can destroy you even physically. All right. If you're listening right now and you're like, yeah, I I know I need that. I certainly know other people who need that as well. You want to like replace this perpetual anger and this anger cycle with 
humility and gratitude. You want to make progress in your own journey of discipleship, and you want to um, invite others along the way as well. Uh, Unoffendable is the book, BrantHanson.com. Um, great place to connect with Brant and everything he's doing in his social medias as well. Um, Brant, talk to the person who's listening right now, and they say, well, yeah, everyone's an idiot but me. <laughs> Which is chapter two, so there you go. That's our default. It's so funny because there's modern like cognitive psychologists or whatever scientists that they're saying humans' biggest delusion, self-delusion, is how good they are mm-hmm. compared to everybody else. I mean, that these are people who are not coming at it from a Christian standpoint, but they're agreeing with Jesus entirely. Uh, like he's like, well, you have a self-righteousness problem. This is to all of us. And it's funny because modern science is like, well, I think we have a self-righteousness probably. Exactly. But it's our failure to it's our failure to see our own brokenness that stops us from looking on other people with compassion. We we keep thinking we're so good. It's like 90% of people say they're better than average morally. You can go into prisons and it's the same exact ratio. I'm a better than average person when it comes to my morals. Everybody thinks that. We're blind. And Jesus is trying to go, wake up. If you would just humble yourself and rethink. All of heaven will throw a party if just one of you guys. He's actually telling a group of people that it's so rare for people to actually get humble. He's like, if just one of you, then the angels will be rejoicing. And there'll be a gigantic party. Like this is how how shocking it is when somebody goes, you know what? I'm broken and God's been so good to me. I'm going to go through this world with a different outlook and have compassion for people. I think this is I think this is the way of Jesus. So um, because you're, uh, you know, a radio host, you know how to do this. Um, you, have, you have 90 seconds to, yeah. talk, to talk to the person who all they ever learned along the way was anger. It was the yeah. only expression of love they ever, they ever experienced. Um, I mean, yeah. and so they're so confused right now. Oh, I understand. I've been through trauma and stuff myself, and I've had to practice this and walk it out. I get it. And I know, also know it's a new idea. Like in Dallas, Willard even said that anger is Americans, American Christians' biggest problem because they've never been taught out of it. Like we've, we've never, for whatever reason, we've hung on to half a verse that says, in your anger, do not sin. So yeah, I'm supposed to be angry. But the rest of the verse says, but get rid of it before the sun goes down. This is God's way for us to thrive. This is, this is your opportunity. He doesn't make you do it just like anything else. You can, if you want to go through life angry, because there's a billion things to legitimately be angry about. It's like there's a there's awful stuff, but that's not the best way to live. And you'll actually address injustice and wrongs better when your when your mind is unclouded by anger and you do things for the right motivation. It's it's a better way to live. So I just want to invite you to that. If you don't want to do it, you don't want to. But this is this is what it's called. It's it's hard. Forgiveness is hard, but it's not as hard as living a life of unforgiveness. I'll tell you that. Yeah, amen. Um, it's so good. It's so helpful. Wonderful to reconnect with you. Thank you so much. Brant Hansen um, is you. our conversation partner. You can find him and all the links to everything that he's up to at BrantHanson.com. The book is Unoffendable. Some of you are saying, hey, I think I've read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is updated. It's got a new study guide, how just one change can make all of life better. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio.
Hey, I have good news for you. Brand Hansen just told me I have a future in radio. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in case anybody You also was, have a past in radio. I, but, I, I at least have a moment. I have this moment. There. I mean, I yeah, I got this moment. And so let's not waste it. Um, thank you so much for sharing this time. I know that time is the most precious commodity you have in your life. Um, it is for me as well. And so as you are making the most of the time that God has given you today, let's be sure we give him the glory. Let's be sure we just let him be the one who's righteously angry about what's going on in the world. And let's not waste our energy on anger today. Um, let's let's lavishly, let, and I'm going to say this in a way that might be surprising. Let's lavishly waste our time today loving people. Let's just lavishly pour it out. That's what God does. Let's be conduits of it. Let's be people of peace. Let's sow peace in the world today. Um, and by so, get God some glory. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.